Greetings, Flesh Wound Horror Freaks, and welcome to Flesh Wound Horror Live. I'm Flesh Wound Dan, joined by producer Todd. Good evening. Pugs Dread in the sunlight tonight. Namaste. And our special guests from Feed Me, which we just reviewed not too long ago. We have Neil Ward, Richard Oaks, and... and <clears throat> Pardon me, I'm fighting a cold. <laughs> Don, help me out. Uh, and, and Adam, is it leader? Leader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I couldn't get it out. I'm sorry. But... <laughs> yeah. I'm fighting the vid, guys, but I'm, I'm happy. Oh, you got the COVID. No. I did. First time. You did. Uh, but I I'm just got over that shit. So I, I got... feel you, Dan. I hope you feel better. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's mild, so pretty good. But gentlemen, have you got some bleaching? Uh, have you got some bleaching? <laughs> uh, you know, Trump said it'll kill it. I don't know. Yeah, it'll kill something. Blood, but... <laughs> I told him to wait till yeah. we're done, just just in case. <laughs> Do uh, live on the show right at the end. So <laughs> give these guys something cool to watch. <laughs> there you go. It'll get clicks. I'm sure. So that's. Uh, I I can't be here the entire time, but I just want to thank these gentlemen for popping up, and also most importantly, making one of my favorite movies of this year. You guys did an outstanding fucking job. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough. This shit's rad as fuck. So. No, thank mate. You. Thank, thank you, man. Does, does your work colleagues know who you're on with? They might let you stay a bit longer. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they not prime, so who knows? <laughs> <laughs> just screen the movie for him, Pugs. It's all there good. you go. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm no longer allowed ever since I suggested a Serbian film. Everyone's just like, nope, we're not doing it. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> lot of Serbian film is not, not the one for uh, evening viewing. No, no. <laughs> uh, so, gentlemen, uh, obviously we love the movie. If you guys saw our uh, review out there, uh, tell us a little bit. How, how did it come to be for you guys? Um, well, we were we were on a shoot about a year and a half ago, and I um I, I'm a massive fan of like true crime and and all that kind of stuff. It really fascinates me, and I've <clears throat> I've watched it all my life. I love it. I'm I'm a serial killer fanatic. So, uh, Amen, brother. <laughs> and uh, I thought, oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Are they aren't they doing a, a John Wayne Gacy thing next? Um, uh, the monster thing, I think they're going yeah. to. Yeah, I, I really hope they do Ed Kemper too. That'd be awesome. Yeah, mm. oh, I yeah, can't for wait. sure. Oh wait, but um, yeah. I, so the the the, the Armin Mew story like really fascinated me, and and I just I just floated the idea to Rich, and I said, why don't we write a story inspired by that? Just the, the similar kind of concept, which is the most bizarre fucking thing ever. Like more bizarre. Than- <laughs> More far fetched than anything <laughs> in the movie, you know. Like that is the most far fetched thing. So yeah, we, that's kind of how it came about, and then we <clears throat> we uh, fleshed out this this story together. Yeah, no, we it, it was interesting because I'm sure I think we brought it up in the review that that Armin Muse case is just bonkers. Um, (laughs) It's so crazy to think that that really happened. And uh, uh, Neil, did you like fashion uh, your performance after anything in particular or? Right before, way before. So uh, I'm an anti-Apple guy, so I never had Apple TV over here. If you're going for the Ted Lasso Lasso thing, then yeah, (laughs) it was was done way before we knew about that. The first we knew about that was... um, after we'd sort of done the pre-production on the film <clears throat> and Rich and Adam had gone through what they kind of wanted with, with Lionel as a character. And then I sort of went away and developed that. Um, when you, when you're an English guy and you kind of learn, like you want to learn like a Southern accent and, and do something like that. It's sort of, it's just the way my, my voice fit with an American accent and with a, with a sort of Texan Tennessee kind of mishmash. And then just with the character, with the moustache, it was going for the the sort of Dharma-esque kind of look anyway with the, with the sort of blonde, weird hair and the moustache and the glasses, as obviously you can see in the film. But then just the way that it started to play, it, it, 
it became very much like that. But we had a message from our American producer, Ed Paul Gardy, when we'd sent through some rushes from one of the days filming. And he went, hey, do you know what you remind me of? You remind <laughs> me of this guy. Like, check this guy out, Ted Lasso. And I was like, who the fuck is Ted Lasso, man? Like, I don't <laughs> anything to do with, like, the football. I've not really followed anything like that. So I checked it out and then looked at the photo, then looked at a trailer and went, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, I can see where everyone's going with that going it sounds just like him there was a whole thing on Twitter while we were out in LA where there was people going oh my god Jason Sudeikis is doing this uh, this new cannibal film and how's he managed to fit that in whilst filming Ted Lasso and it's like oh man no it's me and people are like no it's not no it's not I'm like, yeah yeah it is <laughs> so yeah it was done before and then it was outlined to us or to, to us all that uh, it was similar but in no way copied i basically took was trying to go for a serious approach like a josh brolin sort of tommy lee jones john burnfall approach and it ended up foghorn leghorn eugene from the walking dead and <laughs> but you it, it works though you it killed worked. it yeah exactly it, man it's it gave me a napoleon dynamite vibe but like i don't want to hang out with that version <laughs> yeah, yeah. not sure a meal because when we released hosts uh host kind of nipped in there just before us even though it was shot after us and it was just like because we we were literally finishing the edit when the pandemic happened and then obviously host is a pandemic movie and uh, everyone was like oh are you copying that film it was like no <laughs> so it seems to be something we do is just and everyone's like oh these guys jumping on the cannibal bandwagon when we started started feed me there was none of that bandwagon like everyone has kind of jumped on the same thing this year strangely i think there's um just a zeitgeist that comes out with these films do you know what i mean it was probably because it was hard to find food everyone's like well i guess we can eat each other for like that <laughs> first two months of bullshit <laughs> yeah, sure. host oh, man, is actually that. getting some love in the chats right now ben Grimm yeah. says these guys directed host which has one of the most jaw-dropping dinner table scenes in horror literally <laughs> I uh Neil, you definitely were successful because I've I've got a friend that just texted like that's not the same guy, is it? So you definitely <laughs> disappeared into the role quite well. Yeah, I mean it's um I'm glad it did because there's there's nothing worse as an actor when you've you've literally um a lot of my other roles have been like just really quite serious, unhinged, Tom Hardy-esque performances. So it's just seriousness, ultra realism straight all the way through. So when I actually, I can switch that on quite easily, which I do a couple of times in the film. But for this, it was, I've not done comedy or, or any kind of dark black humor for a long time. Uh, I sort of lost touch with it. And then I thought, oh, I'm going to go in deep with this. I did with me and Chris, uh, Chris Mulvey, who plays Jed. We worked like a good, two, three weeks before just going through certain scenes just so we were we were comfortable with them and then let Rich and Adam direct the shit out of it on set. So it was what it, what you saw in the final product. But um, it's always a bit disappointing when someone goes, you're just copying someone. And I'm like, nah, dude, like, I, I, there's no copying involved. I think with every, every art form, music, art, film, um, anything like that, you're always going to have influences. But from something that I had never seen and i've seen jason sudikis before do things but i've never heard of this ted lasso so it's just a mm -hmm. an uncanny coincidence which if it's cool and it's getting love that's fine but to be told it's copy and it's like i, I ain't copy shit man I, I created this with with richard and adam's uh direction all the way through from start to finish and we, we create something unique in our eyes and then just to see poor old ted lasso just lapping up <laughs> all my credit i was like no dude no no well you guys uh it, it's a great film because again it's hard to balance the darkness that is there for for those of you who haven't watched it yet uh pretty dark depressing uh particularly beginning uh so to be able to make that tone shift i i think you uh richard and adam i think you did an amazing job uh, making that happen. That is not easy. I've failed at it before. <laughs> it's just so hard <laughs> to balance it. So we think this uh, this is definitely a flesh wound movie because we it did it just perfect. <laughs> well, we were successful depending on who you talk to and luckily enough, we're talking to you guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> Those other people are fucking crazy. There's something for everyone in this movie. The, the you have from lighthearted comedy to like super dark 
gross, disgusting shit. So like it fits perfectly for something somebody like me. So hell yes. <laughs> That's great. And it's kind of what we, we set out to do was you know, we, we did have a discussion when we were writing the story. It was like we, me and Adam just love kind of stupid kind of stuff and that's always kind of something that we always go back to but our last film wasn't that much comedy involved it was <clears throat> funny to us but only because the, the situations are so kind of bleak that you kind of makes you laugh like so a lot of people vibe with that as well and they laugh at the story scenes that we laughed at and everyone on set was like why are you laughing and we're like is this not funny? <laughs> but um, it wasn't meant to be like a straight-up comedy. So with this one, we were like, look, we can either go the safe route and just kind of do the paint-by-numbers type of thing and try and tick the boxes that we feel, you know, would make it more successful, or we can kind of just make it what we want it, which is a bit more balmy and a bit kind of throwing the audience here, there, and everywhere. And we're like, well, this is our movie. Let's let's do what we want to do and let why would you want to make films for someone else that's not your taste? Do you know what I mean? Why, when you've got the opportunity, let's make something that we enjoy and that we find fun and that we get a kick out of. Do you know what I mean? So we, we decided back then to do that. Um, and so it isn't, it isn't for everyone. I, I think Dan, you said like on the thing that there's some people I don't think this will work with and others that, you know, will find it too muddled. And I, I understand that. And I think that is the case, but for the people that, do get it. I think it's it's done really well, and that's that's great. That's kind of sitting where we're sitting, I guess. Absolutely. There's there's so much uh, cookie cutter streaming, just very safe stuff out there right now. Which you know we're we're always we we review that too. So it's always great to have something that feels, you know, that it's not just trying to be the same old shit. And uh, I think you guys did a fantastic job. I really hope it gels with with anybody that's listening to this. Seek it out. I think it is worth it. I've been telling everybody to check it out for sure because, again, big, big fan. But I got to get going. So, Neil, Richard, Adam, thank you guys very much for showing up. And, again, I I will support you guys in whatever you do. You guys seem fucking awesome. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys. And before you you leave, do you promote all your your shit that's coming up? Because I need to follow. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Uh, Later, Later, Pugs. All right. Well, we actually got a question from the chat. From Big T, what are some other bizarre true stories you would like to adapt to the big screen? Any, any, well, I would have loved to have done Dharma myself, but that's <laughs> I would have loved to have done John Wayne Gacy, but that's fucking been or gonna be done. So nope. I feel like, uh, I've Has Ted Bundy I've been, been done well yet, Adam. Has it? Has yeah, Ted Bundy been done well. I don't know if it's been done well. It's it's been done it's been done uh, to uh, uh, well it's been put out by much bigger people than ourselves to a much wider audience than we can ever put put out to so it wouldn't be worth give it a year man give us a year or two and then I reckon we'll be all right we'll we'll be flying high high with those guys you can be into the thing of being the guys who just do this you know the one thing of kind of taking true crime and making it weird like every film we want to do we want to be different from the last and i think anyone who's seen host will realize this is very different from that um still the same bad taste but (laughs) (laughs) i'd I'd love to see like because what the thing is with this is when when we put out the start of the film and then on uh it says like inspired by true events (laughs) and on the trailer as well so i'd love for people to sit down and go oh it's about this army muse and this this should be quite informative and quite good and then just literally have to sit through the one and a half hours of pure madness and just come out the other end and either go well that was nothing to do with the true story and then (laughs) just loosely based around the concept and then either love it or hate it like it's i find that's that's a great way to to delve in stuff not without like mis-selling a product to, to an audience because there's always those you see the best things in the trailer and then you watch the film at the cinema and go i've seen all this and that's they were the best parts of it so this is completely different to what you what you sort of see in the trailer and what you're expecting i suppose so it's good to get a slap in the face now and again and and that does resonate with certain people and they they like that that it's just so different and like you say the rehashing of of old stories or the 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 continuous selling of of the same product is fine because there's there's a there's fan bases for it but then and the guys came up with this unique story and in the way it's 
happens. Uh, obviously, cannibals have been done before, and the Dharma inspiration and things like that is there, but it's totally different. It's a, it's a totally different uh, approach, and these guys do this original sort of filmmaking, and they have an original look, and they have an original feel to what what Rich and Adam do. So, and it, it's always great working under them and under their direction. So, yeah, I, I'm sure we'll get some some decent audience down the line. I think it, it's coming. It will come. I think that answers Big T's question a bit as well. That um, he said, did you guys? have conversations with anyone associated with Armin Moose and this it it wasn't it's the film's not about Armin Moose it was just inspired by the idea of someone agreeing to be eaten and that's it so it's inspired by that but other than that it's got nothing to do with the actual story so there, there's not really any point kind of going and researching the actual story and stuff like that because we didn't want to take it the same route or follow the same you know beats of the story and stuff um so yeah What's 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 more prominent, I think, in this movie, or, or more important, uh, underneath the the entertaining, crazy, funny shit, is the is the underlying, I guess, seriousness and very relatable um, story that that's happening that takes from, I guess, several different aspects of mental health, if you will, particularly eating disorders, which um, people were spoken to about that, um, and. That concept was, or, or that 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 was always going to be tied in from the get go. Um, one, the irony is interesting, just around the, the subject matter of the film in general. And two, it just seemed it seemed right and, and and interesting to do. And one, it's not talked about enough. And I happen to to have grown up around three different people now, um, or grown up around a couple, and 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 happen to know someone else as well that have all had the same thing um so there was a lot of talking to them and and getting information from them on that side of things to make sure it was done right and and to and to get that right so the important side to that to, to the film I, I feel like is more the 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 drama aspect and and what it really focuses on which is something really debilitating that many many people particularly eating disorders, mainly women for some reason, but, but men too like suffer with and, and just mental health in general, man, it's, it's, it's not talked about enough. So grief and losing people and self hate and, and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny. The last few years, best horror movies have been grief based. I mean, very dark drama, uh, you know, just, not even, you know, you could call it a horror movie, but it functions very well as a human drama as well. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> um, so uh, did you, when you were shooting, any interesting stories from the set uh, that, uh, you know, there's lots and lots of blood in this one for anybody wondering. There's a lot of, lot of limbs. This is not like, <laughs> this brings <laughs> what you'd expect from a cannibal film for sure. I don't know. Have we got um, have we got interesting stories, guys? We 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 it kind of as much as it was tough. It was uh, we had a limited time to shoot it. We had um, uh, a house that was kindly lent to us by uh, the uh, the lady who plays the police officer Nadia Lamin. She she her granddad had sadly passed away and, and left them her and her mum the house, and we were able to use that to, to film in. Um, Interesting stories, I suppose. Me, Rich, and, and Adam, all three of us, kitted that whole house out to look like Lionel's flat. So we we painted, hand painted the walls. We did all the set design together under under Richard's um, direction. He was sort of took the art direction role, I suppose, as well as the, the DOP role and director role. So we spent like was it two weeks, I think, guys, doing that beforehand, just painting stuff up and everything in one area and then we finish that area and then move all of the newspapers and popcorn from one room to the other because we couldn't get enough newspapers and popcorn and bits to just kit the, the whole place out um I, I can't think that nothing went badly wrong there was no sort of i don't know like on hosts i stuck a knife in my leg like for real that happened <laughs> um uh and then this went quite quite smoothly, but just extremely agonizing and long, grueling days and lack of sleep. So I can't think of anything. Can anyone? Has anyone got any interesting stories? <laughs> Nothing that went wrong that I can think of. Um, no. 
because yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no fish were harmed. They were, they were all called. They went, they went back to the aquarium. Um, uh, yeah, I can't think, man. That's terrible. We should have, we should make something up. <laughs> I spent two weeks in, like, with the Yurikin tribe, like trying human flesh just for the role. Ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Who we got here? And, we uh, got a, an odd question from Nerdly UK. Uh, I don't know if it's odd. Would you guys consider doing a horror based? Musical. I would love to. I would love <laughs> the thing of the musical. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> Definitely. <clears throat> I think Lionel could. You know, you could bring him back. Lionel. Yeah. <laughs> I think a I musical mean, would be right up our street, just because we could make it just so ridiculous and just, yeah. and, and just yeah, just different uh, to what you'd expect from a musical. So, um, be like Book of Mormon or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of style. <laughs> I'd watch. <laughs> yeah, you don't get the, the, the musical. Would, the, yeah, the horror music. Uh, the Lionel, Lionel, the musical on Broadway with like eighty <laughs> percent of the stage time is me in my pants, uh, <laughs> in a wig and glasses, with loads of like six foot hairy vaginas dancing around. Like, there you go for, for one bit and, and droopy nipples from the rest of the set, and uh, and then like big fish that just swim. I, I don't know. I, I think and then loads of nugget jeds just with one arm, just sort of slapping around the stage with a fish on him. I don't know. Someone might fund that. I think. Um, Big T's asking any info on the movie getting a physical release uh, DVD January 10th in uh, the US. You can pre order it now on Amazon. Yeah. Pre order five. There you go. <laughs> Christmas presents. Christmas? Oh, well, well, well <laughs> you can uh, hold them. Valentine's gift. Perfect. <laughs> there you Just go. Just inside. Someone um, you love. Uh, well, we, Rip. we, um, we, um, with uh, with the physical release, I mean, where, when when we were discussing this in England, the only real places you can get DVDs or, or, or stuff is a place called HMV or from Amazon now. Uh, but the, the supermarkets used to have uh, DVD shelves and Blu-ray and PlayStation and Xbox games there. And we were all sat around talking in uh, when we were in L.A. about whether we could like release it at the end of the freezing, the, the meat section, the fresh meat, <laughs> and have the DVD in them little polystyrene trays with cellophane around it. And like <laughs> that would be cool if like sell the DVD and meat trays just as a, as a cool gimmick. In the freezer, yeah. That's gimmick? it, yeah, in, in the actual freezer. <laughs> People don't do enough gimmicks anymore. I mean, I, I still remember seeing the Frankenhooker VHS asking me if I wanted a date uh, back in the day. So uh, that would be awesome. More gimmicks. Be, yeah. Gimmicks would be great. Man. I love them. They, they help sell. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we got another question from Ben Grimm. Would you, would you ever take a job making a franchise sequel? If so, what would your dream franchise be to take a shot at? Adam. Yeah, go ahead, Adam. I I would have loved to have made the idea and done the Exorcist if I was born many many years earlier, but I wasn't. So um, I would love to do that. Um, yeah, I, I think that, or, or even the the Nightmare on Elm Street films, I would have. It's all been done before, man. Like, there's no, there's no originality anymore, sadly. But I would have loved to have, to have jumped on that and done that. However, I guess if we're talking new stuff, then I, I would, I would personally love to to take the idea of a uh, maybe a not so famous or, or well known um, serial killer type thing. Um, but do something like that and just step into the world of, of one of these people um and make a really interesting maybe three part uh thing to it and dare i say like this this is i mean you'd you'd have to you'd have to be so careful doing it but something about like a uh i'm waiting for the day that they make a movie a really really messed up horror movie guess it'd be classed as horror about somebody like ian watkins because that would be Ooh. such a messed up thing to watch but extremely fascinating at the same time if it's obviously done right and not in the vein of a serbian film of course but that that would be i don't think it's been done yet because it's it obviously no. it's dangerous it's dangerous territory but yeah it it it, 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 it seems very interesting 
the there Leonard Lake and Charles Ng yeah. is another really really fascinating case. Uh, I understand adapting like a Bundy or a Gacy, but there's a lot of really untapped cases that I I think are fascinating. And yeah. cricket's still out there in the world, so that one's that one's a pretty wild story. I think there's some mm. crazy ones out there, like don't you know, don't fuck with cats and stuff. Like there's just yeah. weird people that just that was crazy. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of cases, but I think I would kind of just go more um, stereotypical classic '80s stuff. Like I'd love to do a decent critters movie. No. <laughs> <Like>, <laughs> Just making a critters movie, but to our kind of level of gore and stuff would be really fun. Uh, that would, that would be, be great. Or yeah. like the Blob, you know, make a another remake or uh, a sequel to the Blob or something. Like, would be fun. They've been trying. They've been trying to make another Blob. I know Rob Zombie was attached to it at one point, and it just yeah, it fell apart unfortunately. But that is in the pipeline apparently. So we should get one. Zombie. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm not a director here, but I wouldn't mind being involved as an actor and being a, a, a thing remake, but with <clears throat> sort of digging up from various places around the world, like finding these people that still do that kind of practical effects, man, because I think the one thing that let down the, the, the prequel or the, the sequel thing was it was all the CGI was just absolute dog shit. And I'm I, I, I'm not a fan of CGI anyway. I understand why it's there. And I understand that it's, it's easier to, to do stuff. But <clears throat> like with what Rich and Adam do with with, with this film and, and host, everything was practical apart from the Rich puts it as like sugar coating, just adding little bits that you have to do, like mm -hmm. adding little bits onto frames just to, 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 to beef it up a bit maybe. But yeah, to do a thing for me, that would be great. Like set out in the snow again, like in bleak, bleak just not knowing who's what and that that's that's always the greatest horror is not knowing and that that's why that film for me is always going to sit as one of the top films of all time for, for for horror and suspense so to do it again and use those old techniques with a little bit more updated modern sort of technology would be fantastic and I, I'd, I'd love to see that love to see that Mm. Another so one. If anyone's casting anything like that, then hi. <laughs> <laughs> Another one I always wanted to do, but was like a because the original was kind of dark, but um, not not as dark as I would want to do it. Is the BFG, but do it really dark. Um, but then they brought out that BFG abomination, that they, <laughs> and it was just the worst film I've ever seen. And I was like. <laughs> all the witches you know that was another one that was a complete disappointment that i would love to have done um no, that just movie take just... all the darkness out of them now and just make them absolutely lifeless is it a disney film is that why was it disney that did that or was it yeah just yeah someone with no taste whatsoever <laughs> they used <laughs> to like they used to uh, like scariness as kids. Now they're all soft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the old stuff. Return to Oz was one of my first theatrical Amazing. traumatizations. The Wheelers, yeah, they were creepy as hell. Yeah. Yep, the Wheelers. Fuck them. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see Disney pick up Feed Me, though, and put that on the streaming platform. Hey. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Sitting next to they, Fresh. They could do it as a mistake, like they did, like signing Insane Clown Posse by Oh, mistake. yes. Yeah. <laughs> Spielberg directed BFG. Okay, I forgot. He, yeah, he did. Yeah, that was probably one of his. Was he having a rough time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, wasn't Indiana Jones Temple of Doom bad for him, at least? <laughs> no, you mean Crystal Skull. Crystal Skull. No, no, no. I mean, when he was going through the divorce and the whole movie was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. No, I don't like Crystal Skull or Last Crusade, and I get hate for Last Crusade, but. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> now, nah, Crystal Skull definitely. Uh, Last Crusade, I can see why some people don't like it. It's, it's always been fun for. I think it's just because I was a child when I saw it, so it's just sort of nostalgic still. So yeah, I, I, I get that. I don't think it's a. It's just yeah. Temple of, Temple of Doom is my favorite. <laughs> oh, by far, man. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. That's yeah, hundred <sighs> percent. We don't traumatize kids anymore. I mean, a guy gets his heart ripped out of his chest in that movie. <laughs> it's PG. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, well, well you, oh, no, I was going to say, what do you guys like? What has inspired you? I mean, I, we kind of talked a little, but I mean, like what films like growing up, since we're talking about a little bit about that, what films growing up were like your go-to like horror film or even your go-to whatever film? Um. Well, 
for me the the first movie the first horror movie i ever saw was the original nightmare on elm street and it was kind of that that i just became horror obsessed obsessed after that maybe it was the fact that my parents were always into horror films anyway so i guess it was perhaps unknowingly instilled in me but yeah it was it was that i was about eight years old and i watched it and just fell in love straight away and then after that came the hellraisers and the exorcist and the texas chainsaw and so on and so forth but um nowadays in terms of storytelling like i'll always, I'll always love horror i'm always looking for a horror that that I'm always looking to get freaked out and grossed out and just feel uncomfortable. Um, but in terms of drama, I'm much more into that now. Like it, like real, like gritty stories. And one of my favorites nowadays is a guy called Shane Meadows. And he does a thing. He did a thing here called this is England and uh, virtues and, and that, that just gritty real stories, real shit happening to real people. And that's, those are horror stories in themselves because it's real life and it's real stuff that happens. So yeah yeah richard yeah my my stuff's probably slightly lighter than adam's like i like i said i grew up with critters and uh tremors <laughs> and the blob and uh, uh what's it called i always have brain brain farts but yeah that that kind of those types of films always loved those creature features from back in the 80s early 90s and then they started becoming CG and they all just fell apart. And there hasn't yeah. been a decent creature feature for a long time um, that I've really enjoyed. But I would love eventually to do one that kind of is back to the old school style. Do you know what I mean? Like that. That was just fun. But they don't really make them like they used to. Um, I don't know what that is. Maybe it is a nostalgia thing. But for me, they... They work well. Like Alien was one growing up that mm. absolutely loved the first one. I'm I'm one of the few people that growing up preferred the first one to the second one. Um, just a lot less cheddar involved. <laughs> ah, you can't beat that Stilton on top though, man. For the aliens, <laughs> I mean, animals, man. Taking <laughs> Alien and mixing it with Avatar and going there, you go. Man. <laughs> you kind of already answered it with the thing, but was there anything else? I mean, for me, like, the, um, yeah, the thing was for me uh, was a big one there. But I kind of, when I was a kid, the the sort the sort of dark fantasies were a horror genre in themselves for kids. So like things like Dark Crystal, uh, like the Skeksis were just absolutely terrifying as, yeah. as a kid when I saw that, and uh, the Labyrinth as well. Just David Bowie and spandex would terrify anybody. <laughs> um, and just those kind of films, again, it's all practical effects. And I think the one thing that was good, I think it was, I enjoyed it to the point, but I think the storyline could have been a bit bit better was was the Dark Crystals series. Cause that was all again, like very practical and, and, and yeah. looked great. And and the feel of it and the, and all those kind of dark, <laughs> weird noises that is as a child, if you get snatched the never ending story, if you ever separated from your family and things like that is, is the horror for a child. But but growing up, it was it was definitely the the thing that my my dad ended up showing me one year, and I, I fell in love with that and thought it was it was great. And uh, the fog as well, I was a big fan of the fog. Um, not, not many people's favourites, but I, I did enjoy that for just how, again, scary a bit of dry ice under the under the door could be, and, and glowing lights was just yeah. was great. Kind of the ultimate um, campfire movie. Yeah. yeah, I watched it for the first time two days ago like oh, did you wow. yeah my kids have been they've watched it for years because my wife's really into the fog and then um, they've been trying to get me to watch it for years and i've just never found the time and then um i went to a, a, a film festival they're playing feed me there and they're playing the fog before feed me and i was like yeah. all right i'll take my son to the cinema and we'll watch the fog and then feed me. <laughs> yeah so that was the first time i watched it um I don't, yeah, I do think there's an element that maybe I should have watched it when I was younger. I don't think it's Carpenter's best, but um, it's not got legs nowadays. It's it is yeah. a bit. It's very dated, but it, I think then when you were a kid watching it, it does. The it. music. I'm glad still, you've seen it now, dude. <laughs> the music though is still some of my favorite Carpenter music. Oh yeah, <laughs> sure. Music, and I think it's great that he still does the music. Like on the new Halloween, he still did the music. He he made me enjoy the new Firestarter, which isn't very good. Just just music alone get me interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose we should shout out the music on uh, on Feed Me as well. So yes. Uh, yes. Ben Simons, uh, Rory, and Sean um, 
who are in Adams, Adams in a, in a band as well, who does the end yeah. credits for Feed Me. Uh, the two of his bandmates helped on on some of the score as well. But yeah, uh, shout out to Ben, Rory and Sean for an amazing job on Feed Me because that really helped us with uh, selling some of the atmospherical moments, which is uh, including the catwalk pants, underpants show, uh, tighty whitey <laughs> show. <laughs> Number one in several countries. <laughs> yeah, the I, I just I rewatched the the film last night in uh, preparation for the interview, and it still it still holds up great. I, I think uh, I think uh, it's definitely one that's going to catch on. It's funny you mentioned Carpenter because people forget a lot of those movies were not like immediate hits, but they kind of they stayed out there. They became huge on video i mean the thing we think of it as this huge hit but it did find its audience and i i definitely think feed me is going to as well they told us that last night on the podcast which i didn't realize it apparently terrifying um the first one didn't mm -hmm. really do much until it got down to a three pound sale or three dollar sale and then it started <laughs> exploding and now obviously yeah. Going into Terrifier Two and stuff, which we're on the sales agent, the same sales agent with. We really respect those guys, and they're doing, you know, they're going gangbusters now with that. Oh, yeah. So, you know, there's, there's, I think it's one of those things where we don't have the money to get it in everyone's faces on social media everywhere. So, it, it, I think mm -hmm. it will be a slow, slow burn um, of of bills, hopefully. Um, but we have been told by quite a few people that it, it should find its home. So, hopefully. I, we had uh, talked to David Howard Thornton, who uh, plays Art the Clown, and uh, he was telling me that Terrifier, you know, people liked it. It's a $30,000 movie, so obviously, you know, they, they didn't have a lot of means, but it hit streaming and exploded. And now it's so wild. Terrifier 2 is still uh, showing in some theaters now, and it's what... 10 times its budget at this point, Todd. <laughs> yeah. Something crazy, like that. Man. Yeah. I think it, more than that. It was 250,000. Yeah, the second one, yeah. This made 5.2. I think it's up to about 15 yeah. million or something now or something crazy it's made. So Yeah. It, it's it's wild. I think it's kind of a revolutionary time for uh, independent horror movies to see. Mm. So, I mean, who would have thought? You know, and it's not just the big franchises anymore. Even something like Smile, a studio film that did gangbusters here i mean it was yeah. huge so their marketing was great man like I, I loved what they did with that we we um we we were talking about trying to do something uh adam had brought up several times whether we should try and do something obviously we haven't got the million pound marketing campaign to play right, yeah. with but we thought of doing that but just sticking smiling people at the back of the baseball game like in, oh, in, was... in, in view of millions of people is is that's great even if she got told off halfway through, like through the <laughs> by the security <laughs> to sit down, you know what I mean? She suddenly came out and acted and went, Oh, sorry, oh, <laughs> which is great, but it did the job, man. And it's, um, yeah, you get like, I, I love what they're doing with the terrifier where they put this disclaimer up that people have passed out and, and have been vomiting in the, in the cinema. And then you go, how, how much of that is true? Or like, maybe if you speak to your friends and go, I watched it in a cinema full of people and no one passed that, but you just don't know what's true. So when yeah. you put something out like that out, if you say, oh, this film's banned in, 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 in the US, you're not allowed to watch it. People are going to search it out when it is finally unbanned. Like with a Serbian film that got banned straight straight away. Yeah. I went to see a screening of that when it was a rain dance in the UK and they couldn't sell tickets for it, but you could sign up and sign a disclaimer to go and watch it because it was banned. <laughs> but then when it came out, it, everyone wants to see a banned film. So it's like saying you can't do something. I'll go, you can't tell me I can't do that. So I, I want to do it. So it's kind of like the video nasties became a checklist of what you need to watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly that. But uh, yeah, so we kind of wanted to try and do something that with us. But I think that the, the filmmaking in it with Feed Me, it sells itself, man. I think that the way that um, guys came up with the story so so deep and traumatic and then mixed in that element of, of comedy, which wasn't played for comedy ever when we were filming it. It was it just becomes funny when it's we were being serious. And there were so many little moments that haven't made the final cut of Feed Me, which uh, we, we, we we kind of hope get out there someday. I mean, whether they'll get asked to do the two and a half hour long edit that we had originally <laughs> uh, on, a, 
on a director's cut. I don't know. I don't know how that'll work, but maybe one day in 20 years' time when we're just for cash. Terrifier 2 had two and a half hours, and for the most part, people people were good with it. So, yeah, Isn't it like a kill every five minutes, is it? Or something <laughs> like that? It's a big, big body count for sure. How, how are uh, theaters doing in the UK right now uh, in, in general? Or did they sort of survived covid is it not the same or i think they've done all right there it seems kind of almost back to normal um mm -hmm. as far as i'm aware i haven't been that many times but um i went to see the new top gun <laughs> um, <laughs> not not the goriest film that i was expecting but yeah um, people were passing out though <laughs> 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 all right it's all right um but yeah it seems like there's still cinema goes i don't know i think it's more for the marvel stuff though isn't it it's more for the big budget studio stuff as soon as that's out in the cinemas everyone flocks to it they, they make a killing from marvel anything dc anything anything superhero based um and then the big studio films like the top guns and things like that i think it killed a lot of uh, just people going out and being afraid to go out with the COVID thing was it was a huge problem. But now that's sort of no one seems to give a shit in England anymore about it. You can wander anywhere. You can you can do whatever you want. So um, Spain, when we went to some of our festivals uh, with Feed Me, was you had to wear masks on the plane still, and and then in taxis and buses and, and things like that. Uh, not that we take taxis or buses, we get chauffeured everywhere after <laughs> <laughs> after the success of this. But yeah, it's slowly getting back there. I think there's not enough promotion in like the indie side of stuff. There's a few smaller cinemas that went under in the UK and around London that, that couldn't survive on it. A lot of people were holding back their content and their films because of, of waiting for it to get back to normal so that the investors could make all their money back and they would lose a huge chunk of that from from revenue from from box office but uh the vod is the way everything's going now even with xyz it's a it, they're saying it's a it's a very vod heavy world and then then you'll get your streaming platforms after you've released vod and then and then all that and then physical comes for the for the hardcore fans that want to sub a physical and in their hands which which is something we we're all passionate about here i know we want oh, yeah. physical because we want to see our product in a in a dvd case with our yeah. names all over it so <laughs> Don't we all? Um, I will definitely be picking it up. Yeah. January 10th again, right, Todd? Yes, it's already on pre-order on Amazon. Yeah, and I, I think it's uh, pretty reasonably priced, so you guys out there definitely want to lock that in. You won't be sorry. And it how is much, How much is it listed for on Amazon? Like $10 or something? Well, I looked that up. Um, it, is available, <laughs> it is available now on VOD. <clears throat> For yes. purchase, rental, on uh, pretty much everywhere. It's Amazon, Voodoo. I don't know the UK streaming services, but I know for yeah, it's on everything here. <laughs> yeah, sweet. As long as it is out there, <laughs> we we can't see over here because of like the VPNs and stuff. We right. can't see American content as easy, so uh, we can't see what's going on. Pre-order right now is eighteen ninety nine. It's the list price, but I'm sure it'll go down closer to release. Wow. There you go. There you Cal go. is releasing in the US. Okay. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Decal. Right. Lovely. Who? Because we had a Canadian. Oh, I can't remember who our Canadian releases were when we were talking about that. We were right. really, really chuffed that it's getting physicals and stuff. So that's great. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you guys have upcoming that you can talk about? <laughs> Some Something. There, there's a project. We'd, we'd, uh, we have something written okay. um, before Feed Me, actually, but we sort of put it. We were kind. We were kind of slowly developing it and and almost ready to start looking for funding with um, our other producer Ed uh, over in the states. But um, Feed Me came about, and we did that, and it was it was much easier to do Feed Me because it's uh, a much lower budget, extremely low budget. Um, uh, and we managed to do it for that. And we figured perhaps actually doing Feed Me, um, we want to do it anyway because we're passionate about it, but perhaps doing it will actually help us get the budget that we want for this bigger movie because it, it does require, for the way we want to do it, it does require a, a significantly larger budget. So 
that's kind of ready uh, almost to kind of start developing properly and, and hopefully going into pre-production if the if the parties interested uh, want to take it further with us. So there is something in the works that I'm sure we'll be getting our teeth sunk into in the, uh, the early months of next year. That's all we can really say on it, to be honest. Well, we will definitely cover it. Whatever it is, we're very excited to check out everything you guys have coming up. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you, dude. Plug the band as well, Adam, while you're there, because you've got some some releases of that. Why not drop that in there? Because it is the end credit song. Get that in there. Oh, well, we're... We're a we're a rock band or a metal band, whatever you want to call us, from London, and we're called In Search of Sun. And uh, yeah, you can check out the latest release from us on YouTube. It's the uh, it's the music video for the the end credit song to Feed Me, and it's called Contagious. So yeah, check it out if you're into rock music. Awesome, awesome. Um, and we have a silly question, but this comes from Slasher Home Video, another podcast. Just saw that. I'll add. I'll add. Yeah. Alaska, favorite pizza topping? I'll, I'll go first on this. I just saw that and I was about to say I want to answer this question. But I discovered the other day I use a, a wrap instead of like a pizza base. I use just a wrap, like a wholemeal wrap with uh, chicken chorizo and sriracha mayo, which Adam actually, Adam and his uh, partner Sam introduced me to. Uh, and just squirt a squirt of that all around with some like, Nice tomato puree, nice little salt, uh, tomato saucy base, chicken chorizo cheese, a little bit of grated pecorino on the top with that uh, sriracha mayo. Boom, bada bing. Oh, that sounds <laughs> great. <laughs> there I you like, go, Chris. I like what's called, um, I don't know if it's the same in America, but it, in the UK it's called an American hot, which is uh, pepperoni with jalapenos on. But I also like to throw some pineapple on top that's going to kill everyone get in the bin <laughs> get in the bin <laughs> see that's exactly no. what i'll do i'll do that pizza or i'll do instead of the pineapple i'll do um sausage i'll i'll go back and forth depending if i want it sweet or spicy yeah pineapple for me as well man that's the, ah. uh, <laughs> great, damn man. it and slash at home video yeah if you've got a the podcast will come on as well. We're, we're, we're enjoying everyone's podcast at the moment. There you go. Yeah. It's, <laughs> what, what does Slasher do? They, they, are they a, 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 a podcast as well? Or are they? Uh, yes. Yes. There's uh, a lot of podcasters in this uh, community that, that also support each other. So uh, absolutely. Nice. I'm sure Chris would love that. <laughs> well, we, 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 we love, we love supporting, uh, uh, people like yourselves and, and all these kind of true horror fans, the podcasts and anything. We, that's what I say. Me and Rich are usually on like Google search control and we're just messaging each other, like reviews and stuff that come out uh, sometimes gives us a depressive evening or gives us a real good evening. Like we, we watched yours. So we, we're happy to jump on and, and reach as many people. And if we've got the time, which we usually do in the evenings, cause we're not doing too, well, I'm not doing too much at the minute, but uh yeah, we'd love to come on and do that. But when it said home video, it's like there was a, we were talking last night and uh, this is a, a bad plug I'm going to do, but there's a, a little straight to VHS um, little video shop in, in my, near my hometown in Derby. And they just rent VHSs and sell VHSs of like old films, eighties sort of horror and, and this nostalgic stuff. And they sent a message of a day saying, would I go and do a signing up there in their oh. store? But then, uh, the wife of the, the owner has made a Lionel Flack um, figure in a little <laughs> box. They've made a, a, a box figure, and I was I was over the moon. But we were wondering we should we should maybe try and do a line of Jeds and and Lionels and the fish like little action figures and, and stuff. <laughs> Let's see if we can. Here you go. Look look yes. what these guys did. This is absolutely. Whoop. Oh, oh wow. that is awesome. That is cool. <laughs> Just in his wife runs and the cow shirt he wears during the uh, the dress up scene. <laughs> That's absolutely cool. brilliant. That so we is. love like helping out sort of people doing these little kind of things that are cool, man, and things like that. So yeah, we have uh, fans. yeah we have Videodrome in Atlanta, which is okay. one, of the only, one of the only places that still does VHS as well. So uh, I know they do. I think uh, the Christmas Cruelty guys are going to be there, right, Todd? 
So uh, uh, I, I'm not sure. Yet, or maybe. maybe not to commit them to it, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian um, said he's, uh, he's stoned, so he wanted us to repeat the band name. So it was In Search of Sun. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So he was stoned. <laughs> <laughs> well, Richard, Richard, uh, Richard DOP's quite a few um, metal bands and uh, things like that. So, Richard, what you got anything you're allowed to say you're working on, Rich? Some videos to look out for. I'm currently working on Tesseract's album release, um, the studio behind the scenes kind of thing. Just uh, got off tour with Amanomarth. I don't know if you guys know Amanomarth, kind of Viking metal. Mm -hmm. um, filmed uh, three sleep Lam token videos. Sleep token mm -hmm. videos, Lamb of God. Uh, yeah, just a few things. Hopefully, next year's got some cool things lined up, which I can't really say at the moment, but should be pretty big. Awesome. Awesome. Sun, as in S-U-N, then. Right. Yeah, not that, son. No, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm in search of my son. Has anyone seen him? <laughs> Pug sent in a question real or a statement. He said he'd like to see a Lucy Letby story from you guys. Oh. Uh, what's that? Yeah, I'm what's not that? familiar with that case. If it needs to come back on and, and explain. I know. <laughs> well, we'll have to have you back on when Pugs is available too. Oh, like, bless him. Yeah, I feel really yeah. bad that he's not been able to make it because again, his, his uh, work schedule's a little off right now. So, well, we'll, we'll, we'll schedule around him next time. We'll, yeah, we'll, there uh, we go. we'll make sure. I mean, he said something that was something like uh, I deserved an Oscar for that, and I was like, "Whoa, dude, that's that's incredible!" So he, he won me over straight away with that. So, uh, is there a power cut, Todd? Is it <laughs> just lost light? Okay, I guess she was in a prenatal unit. Uh, Prenatal unit and she murdered babies. Uh, I'm just reading it now. <laughs> funding funding <laughs> might be rough on that. One. Sounds Nurse like something well. Pugs would want to see a film about. For the murder of seven babies and attempted murder of ten others, told a colleague the death of a newborn on her night shift could have happened to any baby. Of course. There we go. I'll get the script. The script. Then it'll be a musical. Looking for a child was like we were writing a story once about uh, some his parents that lost their child, and we said it should be called In Search of Son. <laughs> <laughs> we got another Deep. question from Big T. What are the possibilities of ever doing a sequel to Feed Me, portraying a whole new individual and story? Probably unlikely. Just to be, I mean, if if it really blew up, um, then yeah, for sure, man. You know that that would we'd be open to the idea. Um, I'm sure there are plenty of. There's a there's a lot. There is a lot to Lionel Flack's uh, character and backstory that that was only touched upon in in the first film <laughs> so if um you know if if it does end up being the first of uh multiple films then great i, I feel like if we did do a sequel if, if that ever happened one day then yeah it would probably go into to more about lionel and where he comes from and that that seriously troubled childhood that contributed or, or was the catalyst for, for him becoming who he who he is today or who he, who he is in the world of feed me but it all depends man you know if, if the film does well enough and if it calls for it yeah wouldn't say no one well, like say American road trip i think it should be just yeah rich, yeah rich there you go. with lionel flack out running the police like thelma and louise <laughs> with one like pirate eye because he's he's missing one and blah 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 i actually strangely you asked that i was uh after the podcast yesterday i had a dream last night that we we got funded for a prequel and it explored the the home life of Lionel oh, and his yeah. mum. But his mum was played by Helena Bonham Carter because she's about <laughs> 20 years older than me or something like that would kind of work Love that, quite man. well. And it was dark and deep and it had like a real hereditary feel to it. And it wasn't it wasn't funny in the in the way of like how feed me is, but it went really dark and deep. And I'd lost like six stone and became like Christian Bale and the mechanic or the machinist, <laughs> whatever it's called. And yeah. it was dark and it just showed everything. And there was like a scene where he shaves his head. And all that. It was really, it was like a whole film I had in my head whilst I was asleep. 
Uh, so yeah, Helena Bonham Carter, uh, you're in the in the chat room. I can see. So yeah, if you're free, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would get us a budget for it if she was playing that. But, yeah, there's also a versus. I, I'd love to. So Ben brings up a versus movie where you meet Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah, man, we'll just do it. No, I'm going to call him out, and we're going to do a, a UFC fight anyway. Because, like, if uh, those two brothers can do boxing matches, I'm going to call out Jason Sudeikis for a UFC fight and uh, lose probably. <laughs> and love the idea of a prequel. So there we go. Um, I, mean, I, I... It... Oh, sorry, go sorry, Dan. No, Lionel Flack is just. I think it's. The, the guys served me up a, a, a unique opportunity as an actor to, to actually play a character like that. I think any actor would literally lose their shit if they got sent that script and got asked to play that part. So it sits really... <clears throat> I've got a huge place in my heart for Lionel Fleck, so to be able to play him again, I suppose it's these big Hollywood actors that get to, like, Pirates of the Caribbean, Johnny Depp's Jack Sparrow. It's like you you become and you enjoy what you do with it. So he's the start of something for me to to delve into more character based performances. I think, and it's given me a big spur on to do those kind of things, especially in how out there his persona is, uh, but how deep it is at the same time, which is always a a conflicting thing to try and do as an actor and play it both well if you know what i mean to have that seriousness as well as the 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 comedy there so yeah he's he's a he's a an iconic thing in my head so i i'd never say no but time will tell i i think uh by this time next year uh i'll, I'll predict it i think you'll have a terrifier situation where maybe this is gonna really blow up the more people that get to see it uh i definitely think you guys uh will have a big hit on your hands and and anybody listening once again check it out it is unique it's not you know a movie that you've seen 20 times this week it, it's very very good it's very very uh I, I think special and uh uh i think it's going to find its audience for sure as as the time goes on and it's a six dollar nostradamus is it dan just <laughs> I'll predict it. I feel good about this one. It's a six dollar <laughs> rental on Amazon. Check it out. But Dad's right. Once it hits like streaming, like a shutter, I don't, or I don't know where it's going to land. Yeah. Something, even Tubi, it it'll the word of mouth will will yeah will it starts to spread. Yeah, <laughs> you can tell when something hits streaming now because that's all the community wants to talk about. So. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, when think, that happens, I think the we, plan is it's, it's hopefully hitting streaming in January for you guys. Okay. Um, so we're we're hoping the same that it will find its audience when it hits streaming. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's less pressure on audiences to when they can stream for free because they're paying a subscription, or I don't know how Tubi works over there. I know Shudder's a subscription based, so so you've got more, you've got less to lose, I suppose. There is a pandemic and recession over here, and I don't know how it is in America so much, but yeah, people, the more eyes that can watch it for free for for us is, is a good thing, uh, and it is all about eyes on it. Um, we appreciate everybody who has, if they've already seen the film and downloaded it and paid for it, we appreciate the money that you've spent. So. Yeah, thank you from the bottom of our hearts because we we're just three three idiots from England trying to <laughs> trying to do something fun each time, and uh, we have a lot of fun doing it and a lot of hard times trying to make these things. But uh, again, it's the, 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 thank you to anyone who's who's paid for it and, and and watched it. And if you hate it, thanks as well because we got your money. Five ninety nine on Amazon to rent too. <laughs> exactly we didn't realize how bad the pound is to the dollar when we went to la for the beyond fest premiere um like a, a packet of like doritos over here like the big share bag is about one pound fifty and in mm -hmm. in in america it's like four dollars fifty in walmart yeah. now the pound is pretty much the dollar at the moment so we were paying nearly four pound fifty which oh, i suppose wow. in your money would be like ten pound ten dollars for a packet of doritos we were like what yeah. the hell <laughs> <laughs> Woo! it's bad <laughs> yeah oh uh so we we do have a request todd in the chat but uh not to put any any pressure <laughs> on you <laughs> which one is it the wants you to do the uh, uh the uh lionel flack voice <laughs> that's on you you don't have to be a performing monkey but yeah so this is nerdly this this is our friend though this is our okay. friend kevin i okay. think this is kevin 
Oh, if I, okay. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Well, I suppose I could I could do that for you, especially now. I suppose uh, if you wanted to, I'd uh, do that for you, Kevin. Uh, uh, waiting for you to get us on your podcast as well. <laughs> Maybe you could. <laughs> That's all you're getting. There you go. <laughs> oh, and Ben Ben also pointed out that that was L.A. prices for the chips. <laughs> yeah, oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, they're a little. I, I'm I'm you know probably 20 miles out of L.A. and it's yeah like three bucks maybe. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Oh man, it's pretty yeah, that's, man. Very expensive. <laughs> They tasted good though. They've yeah. got all like different flavors for the same flavors or different names for the flavors we have over here. Yeah. We have our extra chemicals preservatives too. <laughs> yeah, everything looks brighter in America, man. It's all like glowing at you. Like them, them cheesy Doritos looked cheesy, man. They were... <laughs> yeah, I found it amazing that like there's a packet of crisps. And I don't know if it's different there, but in the UK, like preservatives and flavors and all that is like no go. Like every packet of crisps is like. We don't have any of that. And then I just went into um, Walmart, I think it was, and there's a packet of crisps that says contains extra, uh, like <laughs> extra added flavors and colors. And it was like all the emails you can promoting eat promoting it as that. Like this is weird. Yeah, <laughs> well, you couldn't beat as a kid. Like we had Smarties over here that like were amazing as a kid. They were in tubes, and you could like pop this little plastic cap off and the, the colors on the smarties were bright as, as hell man and then you'd have them and then 20 minutes later you'd be crawling the walls and bouncing around like high <laughs> on e-numbers and now they just look like depressed the smarties look like beige like they've been left on the shelf in the sun and they've just sort of sort of faded and then you're like oh great these taste amazing well oh nah america was great for that cheetos and salsa dips cheese like the proper cheese, like hot dog cheese and melted cheese, that kind of oh, stuff. It's amazing. amazing. The nacho cheese in America. <laughs> That's it. Nacho cheese. Hot pockets. Uh, the greatest thing I've ever had was a hot pocket. Hot pockets. <laughs> they don't do them here. Can't find them here. Oh, wow. They were great, though, man. They were, you had about four in one go at one night when you were sat just eating hot pockets. <laughs> amazing. It was so good. Well, well, which flavor hot pockets? So that's the question. Just they were just well, I, I had like the cheese and tomato ones. Okay. Uh, what other flavors do, do you have out there? Well, I know there's like the pepperoni pizza, there's ham and cheese, there's there's uh, tons of flavors. Artificial <laughs> color and, and flavorings yes. flavor. <laughs> they have breakfast hot pockets now. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, I saw the breakfast ones, but I didn't we didn't then Adam came back with these cheesy tomato ones and I was like I couldn't find them anywhere else in the freezer section because I was too busy looking at steaks. I just kept buying steak and having steak and eggs for breakfast because the steak out there was ridiculous. Really right. good. Big T's throwing out his favorite hot pocket. Philly cheesesteak barbecue chicken oh. pretzel crust. <laughs> that sounds like a shopping list. Right. <laughs> just a little bit of everything going on there. Oh, man. Uh, so yeah, be well, before we go, once again, guys, you can pre-order, uh, pre-order and we'll, uh, we'll do some posts for that. Yeah. You can pre-order the movie now, feed me on Amazon. Uh, you won't be sorry, $5.99 on Amazon. You've got a lot of ways to watch it now. You'll have even more ways to watch it over the next month or so. So, uh, please do, uh, it gets the flesh wound recommendation and, uh, I Absolutely. think you're going to be very, very happy. And I will drop that link in the chat for our for everyone watching, listening. There you go. Yeah, right. guys. Thank you ever so much for that. That's that's fantastic. Yes, absolutely. Thank you guys for coming on. I'm yes. glad you guys reached out because we did really like the film and we're we're glad we got to talk to you guys. Yes, yes. Uh, and, uh, thank you. Everyone give it a good review on Letterboxd or IMDB because yeah, we're <laughs> there you go. Yes. Bag, so. yeah if you guys like it always take time to review it out there it it does mean a lot you know even if you just uh you, and remember on imdb you can also just do a star review so if you don't feel like writing something that that also helps filmmakers a lot a lot more Same. than you would think also letterbox you don't have to write a review you can just star rate it also yeah yeah anybody so. rotten tomatoes accredited as well that we'd appreciate that being started because it needs is it two or th how many how many rotten tomatoes 
uh, accredited reviewers. We've got two. No, it just needs a few to, to start them on there because you can't see the 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 the. the, the audience ones reviews. are up now. They're up now. They're still oh, up. they are up now. Yeah, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> and it's pretty good. I think it's three positive reviews on there. Is it oh, my mum, my dad, and my sister? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll make sure we add ours. <sighs> Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll have you, you back. A pleasure, man. Yes, for sure. We'll... Yeah. And get pugs out of work. Get him fired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's missing the quarantine, guys. <laughs> uh, but... Oh, bless him. All right. Well, thank All you. All right, guys. Um, Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you guys back here. Vinegar Syndrome Black Friday show, right, Todd? I think we got well, next, Jack no, Frost. You, you, no, you skipping. skipped over Home Sweet Home Watch Along. Home Sweet Home Watch Along, one of the only Thanksgiving slashers. So, this uh, yeah, guys, this Wednesday, Jack Frost 1 through 2 commentary. It's not Christmas until you see Shannon Elizabeth, uh, you know, get assaulted by a snowman in a tub, so. There you go. Uh, and on that note, what better way to end it? Good night. Good night. <laughs>